everyone welcome to the let's talk life podcast um this is actually the first episode of season two so i have 11 episodes out now yay um if you haven't checked out any of the others in the past make sure you do so um i've had some really awesome people on today i have my theater pal and college friend too kyle so kyle if you want to introduce yourself Hey there, uh, I'm Kyle Hayes. I'm a student seeking a music education degree at Montclair State University as of recording. Uh, I've done theater since I was in middle school and my love for both acting and music has followed me ever since. Um, I performed in choirs with state orchestras. I've performed in community theater as well as collegiate theater shows and I've even been on television. Um, and I'm just here to talk about the journey somewhat and talk about where I hope it'll bring me. Yeah. So thank you for having me, Bethany. Of course. Um, so the first question I have for you is how did you get involved with theater and music? So which one came first and how did you start uh, that? Sorry, I almost stepped on you. That's fine. <laughs> um, theater actually came first, uh, believe it or not. Um, and I actually remember, I distinctly remember it, like the moment it happened. Um, which I think is really cool because I think there's 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 very little times where you can actually say like this is the moment that it happened for me. Um, I was in middle school, like I said in my little opening, um, and I like remember exactly which hallway it was in and and where I was standing, and I saw a poster, and the poster was just auditions for the school play, and I like molded over my head, and I actually had this moment of like, huh. I think I'd like to do that. And sure enough, I went and I, um, and I auditioned and I did get into that playlist. So like my first play was a, uh, a super reduced junior version of the emperor's new clothes. Um, <laughs> that's where it started. <laughs> that's so funny. I don't know why it just is. Mm. I just think of like the movie, the Disney movie where he turns into like, mm. a, he turns into a llama. <laughs> Oh, the Emperor's new crew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there were surprisingly there were uh there were few um llamas on stage for this one. So <laughs> No, but yeah. That um, was where that's where that's where it began. So then how did theater prepare you for music? How did you get involved in music? How did it I it's, guess influence? It's interesting. Um I, a lot of this I, uh, I feel like developed um, independently before kind of getting uh, uh, married together in a sense, mm -hmm. um, because I was sure I was in theater and I did the play, but I didn't do the musical um, because I was kind of I was one of those kids. I was like, singing isn't for boys. <laughs> and I uh, I. <laughs> it, it took some convincing from a couple uh, uh, friends of mine um uh, my one friend in middle school, Shannon, actually kind of poked at me and was like, "You should do, you should do choir. You should really, you should really consider doing choir." And I considered it, and I did it, and it took some time. But after I was doing like so, so I was doing like kind of like the regular theater on on the one side, and I was doing choir on the other side, and then the two started to meet. Um, because I, I started to, I was also in band at the time. Um, so when I 
oh no, because then I guess music does come first. Oh no. <laughs> oh, that's her. I totally forgot about band. I was thinking so much about the vocal aspect of it. Okay, yeah. then let me let me walk that back for a second. So I was in band in fifth grade, and I had a very elementary understanding of um, of like reading music and performing music and being in an ensemble. Um, and then once I got into middle school, yes, I was still doing band, but then like I had that moment of like theater and the vocal performance aspect came after that. So I guess it was band, theater, then choir. And then seventh grade was the first time that I was actually in a musical musical, um, which was, uh, um, uh, what was it? Once Upon a Mattress, Junior, oh, of course. I was in that school. too. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the jester. Oh my god, was, so was, was I! Yay! So, oh, fun! That's so funny! Yes, that's. I was that's too. So I wasn't supposed to be in it, but I was. <laughs> Somebody dropped I feel like out. You, you run into that a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a lot of that where I worked with one theater company and they pretty much, the director would call me Tech Week and be like, hey, so guess who dropped out? <laughs> Wow, you were already a swing before you knew what it was, pretty, right? Pretty much, actually. And I and I'm sometimes I was stupid enough to say yes, and it was a whole lead, like a whole mm-hmm. lead. But you know, it's okay. But yeah, so um, I guess like in terms of the preparation aspect of the question, um, I was already kind of of, of the understanding of how an ensemble. Um, can bring a musical work together and and really perform um, at a high caliber just by everybody playing and knowing their parts at once. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of structure, I think, also stuck out to me with theater. Um, and I realized with theater very early on, like, oh, this isn't just about a matter of, like, getting on stage and me going, look at me, look at me, as much as I wanted it to be. Uh, <laughs> um uh, that I also realized that, like, oh, we are trying to, as a group, show the story and present the story, and every single part needs to be showcased for us to teach this story. And that's kind of how it, that, I guess, you used, like you said, you used the, the term prepare. That kind of prepared me for that mentality to, mm-hmm. to really uh, dive into. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so then, um, when or how did you know that you wanted to implement music into your lifelong career? Okay, and that's a fun one. Uh, um, <laughs> it's a big question. Because, like I said, we we like, <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, like the like I said before, there's it's very rare that you have that moment of like oh, this is it, and you realize that it happens. So when these sort of things do happen, it, it really sticks out for you. Uh, for me, that is not the case here. Um, I think as I was growing up through school and as I was growing up through um, my young, like my adolescence, um, I like there wasn't anything that I really stuck with. Because I, I think there was always a part of me that realized that, like, oh, I have to be really good at a sport. And, like, basketball oh. really played me for a while because <laughs> of that. Um, and I was okay in my classroom work, but a place where I just really did well. And I felt like I there was just, like, this natural sense of 
progress and being just good at mm-hmm. was in the choir room, was in the band room, was on stage. It was all in this in these these faculties of music. And I, I think I left middle school going into high school kind of realizing like music is something that I think I'd like to make a primary focus of mine somehow. Yeah. And yeah. So I think that's, it was just, it, it was just the, the, the coming of age, if you will, that happens during your like uh, ages 10 to 14. Like an <laughs> awakening, like an awakening kind of. Yeah. A spring awakening. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> that's that such a bad joke. That's better than a sexual awakening. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that happens too when you're around that age. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's just that's like the age where it's like you're trying to find yourself, and like it's just it's it sucks. It really sucks. It's funny. That's because that's that's the reason why though. Maybe it's just because it was so impactful for me. That's the reason why I want to do middle school as my yeah. as my as my, like my teaching focus. It's funny. I want to do well. I'm in elementary school right now. I'm finishing my you know my. Uh, masters and I eventually when I'm done with that my cert is 6 to 12 so I want to do middle school and everyone's like why would you do that to yourself yeah. but I love yeah, them I... they're funny it's just it's I don't know they need somebody to be there for them I feel like it's it's like don't get me wrong I know that there's like it, it's the age of like when they start turning into little terrors because yeah. like I've I've had to teach one-on-one I've had to teach piano and voice lessons to kids that were that age I had one kid who was like 10 and he like looks at me at the beginning of the, my piano lesson and I was like all right ready for scale so he looks at me he goes my hair is styled better than yours and I was just like <laughs> okay g5 finger scale please oh, like geez. I just was like like, okay, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting because they, like, like everything, I don't, like, um, I, I feel like, I feel like the musical 13 kind of got it right here where it's like, yeah. it, it, everything is so important. Everything is so big, like, as that age. Yep. Everything is just, uh, it's so big and it's scary and stuff and I have to figure it out. What? And as an adult, you kind of look back and you kind of go like, huh. Yeah, I remember that. That's a good analogy because I actually did that show. I did thirteen when I was fifteen, and I remember saying nice. to pe- I remember saying to people, "This, this stuff is really not important. It's so funny. It's the mind of a thirteen-year-old." Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, that's it's interesting. No, but I I totally applaud the middle school teachers because I it's it's hard. My elementary schoolers can be a little vicious sometimes but they're also like really innocent and really sweet so i think also part of me is a little oop that sorry it's a little close to my mic there um <laughs> i think a part of me is also a little um a little biased because on a personal level because i feel like as a creator of music myself as a conductor if you will and a like a, from a directional point like i would like to be able to do something that comes to some sort of standard. Um, not to say that elementary school kids can't make beautiful music. Yeah. But I, I like, I would want, I get like, it. I'm yeah. going to set, we're going to, you're now at the age where I can start setting really professional standards for mm-hmm. you and really expect some high caliber quality stuff out of you. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I get that completely. That's the one thing, like I like teaching elementary school. I really do. 
I, it's a great experience. But I miss teaching content. Like, when I was doing my student teaching, oh, my gosh. I miss doing, like, poetry units and, you know, figurative language and literature and drama. I miss that so much. And I don't get that, mm-hmm. you know. Right are, now, it's... Are like, you a general music teacher? No. So, no, I'm actually... So, I teach elementary right now and i do aba like therapy as well so oh. i'll apply behavioral analysis but um my degree from college is in english and american literature and then i had a musical theater minor and then my master's is in education so oh. technically when i'm done with the, my master's i will be qualified to teach um english and drama through grades six to twelve like i can go with that high but right now I'm doing like, you know, phonics with my kids and teaching them basic sounds and letters. And it's just, you know, it's not it's I love it. I do love it. But it's not what I want to do forever. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I want to teach drama eventually because that's my passion. <laughs> um, yeah, that makes sense. So then. What are some of your favorite theater roles you've played? Oh, okay. Um, I've had a lot of really good ones that I've enjoyed. Um, I feel like there hasn't been a role that I've accepted that I didn't find some quality of which to, like, detest. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. my my high school career ended with urine town and <laughs> urine town is is a really good show and i remember trash talking it when i first heard that we were going to do it um but i do i do it's 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 a, it's a really cool show it's a very funny show um if we were to go into like if you and i were to talk to it from like a literary standpoint and mm-hmm. from just a like textual um aspect we could probably really jump into about like how it takes um, the tropes of of theater and just inverts them and it's yeah. so fun. Um, but I, long story short, I was I was Caldwell, be Cladwell, and that was fun. That was really really fun um, because it was I think it was the first time that I pl- like um, that I had played a villain. Mm-hmm. Um, well, eh, okay, maybe not entirely. Uh, well, eh, dear Edwina didn't really have a villain. But um, <laughs> there was the role of Uncle Vladimir, and I was that part. So that was, like, the closest thing I got to, like, a caricature of a villain. Mm-hmm. But so I was I was called Will Be Cladwell, and that was just fun because I got to be this big, like, imposing figure on stage. And I got to be this villain, and I had power. It, like, and I think there is a part of me that um, it was fun because the roles that I had played up and until that point were like kind of kitschy sidekicky roles. Yeah. Um, I had played uh, Sonny Lattieri in uh-huh. Greece. I had played um, Sammy in Wedding Singer. Uh, I had played, I'm uh, going through like my resume. Oh, um, I did also get to play Seymour when we did uh, in high school when we did uh, – little shop and that was fun (laughs) i want to do that show so bad i was the only one that had fun during that production (laughs) it was kind of sad um because nobody else had like a big nobody else had like a big part in it Mm. um because the ensemble is only on for like two numbers and that's it Mm. 
Yeah, that's but, true. And there was also just there was directorial problems that we were having, and it was it was a nightmare. Um, we did that show in four weeks. Wow. So yeah, that's a that's a story for another time, though. Um, wow. And <laughs> but uh, outside of outside of high school uh, is where I started to hit my stride with some more professional kind of um, like. I don't know, just feeling shows. Um, I, I was, I was dropped into Benny and yep. rent, which you remember you were there for yes, that. Yes, I was. Uh, <laughs> that was a, that was I, a whole, that was a whole trip. <laughs> that was an entire trip and a half. And there was, um, there's chip. I loved, um, I loved you in chip. Oh my God. That was such a great role for you. Chip was so fun. That was, that was, that was super cool. Cause I got to be brash and I got to be this like, cocky little uh a middle schooler yeah (laughs) essentially and just kind of like like we talked about with this whole idea of like finding your place and awakening of sexuality because yeah we we get to talk about uh my unfortunate erection (laughs) going through all of those paces um that was really fun and especially like that show and i'm probably i'm gonna go into this later that show is is so it sits so nicely in the cockles of my heart of being uh, honestly like what good theater is about. I love that show. Um, I loved, oh, I loved it so much. I loved the, um, I loved its construction. Mm-hmm. I loved the emotional depth. I loved the, um, the characters are awesome. The characters are super great. Just the, uh, the musical creation and the scoring of it, it's all just so good. And it balances nicely with pre-written show along with audience participation and um, what's the word? Uh, improvisation as mm-hmm. well. It's just that makes it super, that that stands out as like, I think one of the best pieces of, of musical theater of the modern, of, of like modern times. It's so good. Um, I completely agree. I, I love it. I do. It's such a great show. Mm. So um, that was a super fun role to play. Um, I also played at the um, Ocean County College Repertory Theater. Uh, they did Hunchback yes. a few years ago, and I was Phoebus. I remember and you telling was, me about that. That was, again, a, a, another really, really fun part to play. Um because I was starting, like, it was fun because, like, now that I was growing up, I was kind of growing out of, like, the weird, awkward sidekick <laughs> character. People actually wanted me in positions of, like, to, like, to showcase me. Mm-hmm. So, like, on, like, a very personal level, I feel like that kind of felt validating on a performative aspect. Yeah. Um, because now people were wanting me in parts that were a little more leading man and and, and the sort like that. So Yeah. Um, that's nice. Uh, so those are uh, like, I, I, I've done like a lot of roles and I feel like there's no role that I've had so far that I can't, I, I wasn't going to be like, eh, this kind of sucked. Maybe yeah. Sonny Lottieri cause he doesn't really do a whole lot, <laughs> um, but that's really it. And you played Eugene too, right? Um, Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, I did Grease twice. Yeah. And then the second time that I did Grease, which was with um, Phoenix at, um, at Red Bank, mm-hmm. um, that was 2014. That was right out of high school. 
I I was Eugene for that, and that was just, that was super fun because I had just done that and from a high school perspective, mm-hmm. and now I like that was that was super affirming because that was the first show that I did at a community college or sorry not college but community theater level yeah. where I was like ooh this feels much better, um, and it's just like it was way more professional and it was really neat. I. It, I, I really enjoyed it. It is a well. really good show. People always like crap on it, but honestly, I mm. love it. It's one of my absolute favorites. I've done it three times, and I would do it over and over and over again. It's an American staple. Yeah, it has good music, and it definitely, like, if you had to choose an epitome of that kind of era of um, teenage liberation yeah. and the kind of like the 50s, uh, uh, the 50s movement of like, um, teens that have their own kind of uh, spirit about them and being able to and teenage independence that show definitely goes into a nice little um, a showcase of like what that what that sounded like what that felt like what it looked like yeah it was absolutely. That, that's, that, that's really fun I actually I played Sandy twice and then I played Rizzo once and it was it was a lot of fun doing like both like the complete opposite roles that was mm-hmm. definitely fun. And I've done Bye Bye Birdie also three times, and that's a very similar kind of feel to the... Oh, wow. You know, it's very it's very similar because it takes place in the 50s. Very, But I would rather do Grease any day over Bye Bye Birdie. I do love Bye Bye Birdie. It, I, it has a special like place in my heart. But right. um, I definitely think Grease is less waspy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's... 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 It's more, um, I don't know. Like, Bye Bye Birdie is, like, the audience is primarily, like, one kind of people. It's, like, upper class, like, like white people. That That's the kind of people. It's, like, guys and dolls, too. It's all, like, the same, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely kind of, yeah, I feel that. I was going to, like, um, I, I do feel like there's something to be said about, like, what, like, and I think that can kind of be pushed out towards Greece a little bit as well because I feel like because Greece definitely does kind of glorify um the suburban uh the, the suburban movement of the 50s which was a predominantly white-led uh movement and yes. um yeah. it definitely like it, it shows that staple and that's something that we can kind of look at and um and we can enjoy as a musical, but I feel like um, I, I feel like that would probably leave out the narrative of of uh, what um, like what black families are going through during that time period and the like. Yeah. Um, so it definitely like it it is a cultural stand like a, a cultural stepstone, if you will, of of or sorry, touchstone stepstone. <laughs> it is a, a cultural touchstone of what we what the country like wanted and what it quote looked like at the time uh for people who had the power um so i i think that that's worth like keeping around and looking at absolutely Absolutely. yeah um yeah and we could could talk we could talk about like the racial policies about like of of, like theater as we go along but i feel like that would be uh, that would kind of fall on deaf ears um without uh better representation 
And yeah. that's not really what I'm here to talk about. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But it is, you know, something that we notice as actors. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's um, something we should keep our awareness up of. What are some of your favorite scores from shows you've been in? So, like I said, I've already, um, <laughs> I already touched upon, um, um, what's it called? I already touched upon Spelling Bee. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, William Finn um, is an excellent writer. Amazing. Uh, Follies. Absolutely fantastic. Not Follies, Falsettos. F- falsettos. falsettos yeah. Oh my gosh, so good. So, so I actually good. don't know falsettos a whole lot, so oh, I do, so but good. I do have to look at it. Yeah, you should. It's really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really, really good. Yeah. So the most, the most of what I know about uh, about William Finn's kind of writing is just from um, Spelling Bee itself, mm-hmm. and it, just that in and of itself, it was it, it was just fantastic. Um, the way that he the way that he constructs his his works. Um, was always super fun to get to, to dive into when singing, um, especially when he plays up when he plays with form and yeah. and changes like the structure of songs. Um, like when I had to sing my unfortunate direction, um, it has a kind of like it starts off with a sort of accompaniato kind of style mm-hmm. before jumping into the actual the actual piece, um, and it almost feels like it's being through composed. Almost. It's yeah. just in the way that the, the music goes. Um, and just the ability to do that and to have that sensation while keeping, I guess, the relevant structure around it. So you're reminded that this is the same song um, is an incredible skill, an incredible gift, and is something that I think is is really awesome. So he is definitely worth looking into, I think, on par with the likes of... Um, like Bernstein and Sondheim. Um, <laughs> yeah. And speaking of, uh, those two are also uh, incredible composers and absolute um, madmen, but geniuses <laughs> of their time. Uh, I mean, I mean, Bernstein just himself, um, he's actually been like kind of like a one I bring up when we talk about Bernstein in, in my college or when we have, and I've talked with friends about him. He's always like a big subject for debate. Really? Um, oh yeah. There are some people who, um, who love him and fawn over him. There are some people who don't like his style of contemporary composition for the 21st century. I guess. That's, uh, no, sorry. The, the 20th century. I guess that's kind of like Andrew Lloyd Webber and Sondheim. They're kind of like that too. People debate. Yeah. About them too. And he like, and even like Weber, like I'm not a super big fan of Weber. Um, I'm definitely more of a Bernstein, uh, Sondheim person myself. I agree, me too. Um, um, but I think it, it it goes without saying that like um, like I, it, the way that the Bernstein just composed, I mean West Side Story mm-hmm. is absolutely in a a gorgeous. Uh, a body of work everything is so masterfully thought out and even like the um the rumble as uh, the prologue all of his orchestra he excelled in orchestral writing and he excelled in just crafting orchestral work um so his stuff i, I mean like it says you know it, it, it he in like his biography, it talks about it, it's talked about um, how he encompasses um, symphonic and orchestral music. Um, he's done ballet, he's done theater, he's done choral works, he's done chamber music, opera, 
piano, all this sort of stuff. And he just has a way of just being able to bundle it all up and present it really, really well and just fantastically. Um, I think he was definitely, if he was like in, if he lived 200 years before um, when he did, he absolutely would have been one of the staples of um, like the romantic and classical period work. Um, But he lived when he did and he was, and he's a staple of 20th century work and he's just fantastic. But uh, I've gotten into like small little spats and stuff about how like, he's apparently like written off um, other, like uh, 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 like, uh, other composers and their bodies of work. Like he's said things about like Beethoven and Bach that he thinks is that he's better than them. Um, And when he's, when he's, I mean, and when you watch the way that he conducts as well, his conducting is informative, it's expressive, but there's even an element of it that's very indulgent. So some people criticize that. They say that he does it too much for himself. He's too much of a showman. He's too much of like this person who cares more about him behind the baton than about the music he's conducting. And it's it's he's been a subject for debate for uh, like and like I guess more of like the the snootier music world yeah. uh, somewhat. But we definitely there's no there's no doubt in being able to say that he has left a considerable staple. Um, and I know, I know you mentioned before, you know, I do, I do like Sondheim. Um, <laughs> I do really like Sondheim. Um, I think that he kind uh, he goes very much hand in hand with um, defining just the late 20th century of, of music. Um, I, and not so much to the extent that, that, um, that Bernstein did, but I feel like definitely to that um just like in like in a a similar he like filled that kind of vacuum that um he was going to leave that Bernstein was going to leave behind as he kind of got older in his work um and I think he definitely did kind of create and model where like Bernstein's uh, work I mean definitely West Side Story is a piece of musical theater but it definitely felt operatic yes it definitely definitely. felt very operatic it felt orchestral it felt um I mean, like I said, with the rumble, you can make the rumble to be a ballet and some places do present it as that. Um, And I think Sondheim kind of gave us the model of more of a modern uh, theater uh, experience. Yeah. And um, just some of his music as well is just so fun and, and fits so nicely into the late 20th century. Um, so he is really good as well. He sure um, loves his lyrics. Let me tell you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, and you with look- um, with Hammerstein with him as well. Yeah, mm, they make some really good work. I mean, you look um, at like you look at like just take I don't know three pieces for example, like Into the Woods, like I know things now, and then there's uh, Sweeney Todd, like Where's Pies in London or Little Priest, and then Company. You got the Not Getting Married today. Like, look at how many lyrics are like in this this these songs it's just so many lyrics where do you breathe <laughs> <laughs> yeah and even like and not just the the quantity but also the quality um of the way that he crafts his words um is, is so fun Amazing. I forget, is it was it um it, it's Sondheim who really likes his lists right he really likes lists yes oh yes definitely yeah 
That's so funny. that's that's just always he's just fun. I never even um, noticed that. I actually have a Sondheim lyric book in front of me that <laughs> I got for Christmas, was it? Something. I don't know. And it's just right. so many lyrics. Oh my gosh. He wrote it's crazy. A lot. Um And I think I think it also goes without saying that I feel like I also have to make mention of um John Larson a little bit. Uh, oh Larson's with, great. Hmm? Larson is great. Oh, absolutely. Yes, he's great. And I, I feel like he, um, if it weren't for his, his early, his, his early death, um, I feel like he really could have, have led the way of really cementing a role similar to Sondheim and, and Bernstein and, um, and, all those kind of great composers and, and, and writers, I feel like he could have really cemented himself in history. Cause like yeah, right now, ever since Bernstein and I mean, and ever since Sondheim has kind of fallen off the radar, we haven't had a figure like that. Yeah. Um, not like a really cemented one. One could argue that Lin-Manuel Miranda is, oh, I do um, like him a lot, a lot, a lot. But I like I would be hesitant to even put like I think he reached a lot of commercial success. I don't know if he is up to that level yet. Exactly. Yeah, um, it's like Jason Robert I think, Brown. I think, I'm not really super crazy about Jason Robert Brown. He's okay, but mm-hmm. but you know I don't like hate his work. But um, people argue that mm-hmm. he's like one of the best too, and I'm like, well, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and even with um um. Oh, uh, what's their names? Oh, uh, I why can't I think of them? Rogers um, and Hanson. Oh, I was like Rogers and Hammerstein. <laughs> no, Rogers and Hammerstein are great. No, no yeah. who's the? Who, who's I have. The, hold on, I'm gonna. I I'm gonna don't even it. know. Okay. I'm not. I have not gotten into. Um, yes, Dear Evan Hansen. I... Um, Pasek and Paul. Oh, uh, is so it's it's Benj Pasek and Justin Paul. Um, they are uh, like and. As a creative uh, team together, um, I think they I th- they they did they're they're doing all right. I think that they did pretty you know pretty okay. Um, they they wrote like La La Land, Dear Evan Hansen, um, and uh, uh, Greatest Showman, which um, okay, those are staple pieces. <laughs> Right, but like it's that's where that's where their staples are, if you will. Um, oh, and I forgot James and the Giant Peach. Um, I just, I I don't know. Like these are like commercial, bo- and maybe it's just a culture of the way that we appreciate the construction of art, and now that it's becoming more of an individualized uh, practice. Um, just just the nature, like the gig economy. Um, yeah. So instead of everybody fawning over like this is our giant titan that is leading the way in this field right now um now it's like we have like multiple smaller idols in a sense that are starting to to crop up yeah um depending on like your taste um but yeah um what i was gonna say about uh, um before is that uh, do you uh, have you seen greatest showman i have seen bits and pieces i have not really seen it fully through i want to Okay. I just have not gotten the chance to sit down. I say that as I'm in quarantine, but mm-hmm. you know, I just haven't. I, I've I've seen bits and pieces. I tried watching it with my nieces, 
But every time I watch a movie with them, they're like, you know, my nieces are seven and five. Like, it's really hard to watch movies with them. They're going to move around. They, they're going to they go talk, all over the place. They talk and they bounce on the couch. It's just like, it's hard to watch movies with them that I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. I just... Um... It's funny. This is apparently a hot take, um, but I did not like it. Really? I oh, I I I think it's an awful it's an awful piece of. It doesn't look very Um, that it doesn't look very good. But I've been wanting to watch it just because it's like considered like a classic kind of now. Like people are people are saying how iconic it is that I'm just I want to be like a well-read and well-cultured like person. So I'm like, okay, I got to just, you know, bite the bullet and just watch these things. Like La La Land, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't really like La La Land. The music, some of the music was great, I thought, but I didn't really like the movie. Um, yeah, and if we're going to, and that's like, I I, I think that, um, whatchamacallit, um, Justin, uh, why can't I think about, what's it, what are, what's his, Pasek and Paul, oh, Pasek yeah. and Paul. I think with the two of them, I think they keep getting footed the bill for a lot of like these big musical works. And like Dear and Hanson was great. Um, it had a really good book. And I think they keep getting stuck with musical works that they're now just like people are just saying, like, I don't know, make it like Dear Evan Hansen and make it good. Uh. And they kind of just like, because uh, that's what happened with Greatest Showman. Greatest Showman, they got the book. And apparently the book for Greatest Showman like was really bad. Oh. I mean, as somebody who watched the movie, I thought the movie was awful. It was uh, it, it was problematic. It was Ooh. not fun. And the result was that because they didn't really have a whole lot to go on for their, their music writing, all of the songs in The Greatest Showman sound the same. Oh, yuck. They all sound the same. Like, I... It, it, like, the music is going to be fine, as I, I've, I've told other people. Like, the music's going to be fine. There's already countless numbers of of um, of musicians who are doing cover albums of it and who are doing all these songs because the songs in a vacuum are fine. They're they they will make good commercial success because it's like all about finding yourself and it can really show off somebody's vocal pipage, if you will. Yeah. Um, but I think in the context of a narrative and of a plot, I like like I, I sat on a I, I feel bad because I watched it at college with a couple of friends of mine and like my one friend like we finished the movie and he was like crying really he was like he was like that was a, that was wonderful and like the, the other three of us like all looked at each other and just was like dude. That sucked. Like, what are you talking about? And like, uh, I know that I don't know if you have like like diehard Greatest Showman fans that are listening to this. I don't think. Um, I honestly don't think so. <laughs> and if you are like, and if you are like, I, mm, all the music sounds the same. It's it literally all starts with like. Um, the whole ensemble starting and we're starting really quiet yeah. and then it gets really loud as it gets. Uh, yeah. I've heard it's, some it's of the like, songs and that's, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say rewrite the stars is definitely a bop. Um, <laughs> Never enough got me. Uh, uh, I was, I don't know what I was expecting. Cause I had already been half, I had been sitting halfway through the movie. But one never enough, which is the context yeah. that is that this is supposed to be a world class opera singer singing it, and she gets up there and she just sings like this pop ballad, yeah, which yeah. has some of the, the the poorest camera work ever. 
I was just uh, like, I, uh, I like collapsed into my seat and I was just like, mm. oh, now I want to watch it. I really want to watch it now. <laughs> it's definitely fun to riff on. Um, I think that they kind of landed flat on the uh, Zendaya and Zac Efron arc. I think that I think they should have definitely leaned into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, anyway, enough of me just taking a, a big old dump on. <laughs> I was gonna say. Showing. I was gonna say. How did we get from one place to the other? <laughs> uh, it was I, was, I was going through a whole bunch of like influential uh, composers, and yeah, I love it. Just spill your brain out. That's what this is about. <laughs> no, but going back. Going back to Sondheim, though, I did Into the Woods when I was in, mm-hmm. when I was in high school. It was a community theater production, and I remember mm-hmm. just like panicking because I never auditioned for it. That was one of those I was called in Tech Week. I was called oh, in boy. Tech Week to play the narrator, and so it was pretty easy. I just got to sit on a tree stump, and I had like this big storybook with my script inside. It was kind of cheating, but I eventually did learn my lines. We had like we had like ten shows too, so it was a lot. So I. You know, I just remember panicking, though, because I had to sing. The narrator has, like, a little bit of a song at the end, and then they gave me chi- right. Then they gave me Children Will Listen, because he was like, I want you to sing that by yourself. And um, I just remember panicking, thinking, oh, my God, this music is so hard compared to what I'm used to. And then, because um, I was doing, like, by then I was doing, like, pretty simple shows, I think. Before I did Into the Woods, I mean, I did, like, some hard ones. Like, I did Oliver and 42nd Street and, you know. But then mm-hmm. I eventually, when we started company, I was like, oh, my God. Into the Woods was a piece of cake. <laughs> that, <laughs> that score had me, like, I was so anxious. I mean, it was one of my favorite shows, like I mentioned, like, in the past. And... I always wanted to do it. And then when we started working on it, I was like, oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to get this opening number ever. I'm going to miss my cue. Oh, yeah, that's always fun. It was hard. It was a little hard, the music, but we did it. It was. It was tough. Um, but I, I I do thoroughly enjoy and I'm I, I, maybe I'm just a, a glutton for punishment, but I do <laughs> like um, I, I do like asymmetrical meter time i i just oh. I, I like that kind of stuff aj would because kill it, you it, it, aj would kill you if you heard that <laughs> i know he, he probably will he's like because <laughs> like he, he's always like that it, like during the course of, of of practicing for company he was he was um and for those listening it, it, do they know that aj was the musical conductor probably not just for okay cool. background AJ, context aj was our was our musical conductor for company and um as he just he was having such a hard time just like beating time for for uh a uh, company because um it was so hard uh i i can't even think it of was it. like one, four, two, four, three, four then one, six two, four three, yeah oh my god we kept missing our cue for that one part i wanted to kill us we kept like hitting each I, other every time i know i know uh that was my fault no it we was also my fault each other during the choreography no, not even that. I'm talking about, oh, yeah, those stupid boxes. We always just kept bumping into each other. Oh, I kept going the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, I know. You kept, like, bumping into the back of me. No, um, no, I'm talking about in the beginning song because we, compared to some of the other characters, we didn't have as many, like, interceptions, I guess. Um, yeah. We had a couple, like, bobbies here and there, but there was that one part where... 
each couple sang like one line and we had two. So we were just finished with one and then we had to go into time we got together is one story. And we never got that. Do you remember? We didn't get that till tech week. Yeah, and AJ, it took a long time before we got that. AJ was like, you guys can sit with your book one last time because I'm nice. <laughs> so I think to this day uh, that might have been one of the hardest scores I've ever worked on. But then I think that made it the most reward. Mm-hmm. I think that made it the most rewarding because it was like, wow, we actually did that. And people were shook when they like saw it, like friends and family. When they saw it, they were like, that opening number... I didn't know where to look. I didn't know where to listen. It was all over and it was perfect. Like it was good. Yeah, that's really that's like that's like that's the best part of it is that once we once you have that kind of like cuz that's it's just supposed to be overwhelming. Yes. It's just supposed to just like hit you and just yeah. be like Bobby, Bobby, <laughs> we're everywhere, Bobby. And uh yeah. Yeah. For background context for view, for listeners, we did this last summer and we played spouses and it was fun. Oh, we didn't even tell him that we were that we were that we were. Um, I know. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. You were my wifey. Yes. Uh, I was Harry, and you were Sarah. Yeah, irritable, irritable, very, mm-hmm. very irritable. <laughs> the irritable mm-hmm. couple. I love how the photographer. Absolutely. The photographer was like, "Where's the brownie couple?" <laughs> the brownie couple. <laughs> the, the guy who. The guy that came to do the. The guy that came to do the um, pictures. I was like, I guess that's what we're... Oh, yeah. I guess that's better than, like, the arguing couple, <laughs> like... Yeah, really. Or, like, the, the, the wedding couple or something. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, Although I feel like that's that's easier to kind of... to to. Yeah. We were just defined by the food. Like, you know, it is what I it mean, is. I mean, that's me usually, but... Not me. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like, have you met me? All I do is think about food... Um, okay, uh, where are we? <laughs> I'm, like, looking at my... <laughs> <laughs> like, where's our, where's our talking points? We keep going somewhere. Oh, my um, God. I love it when it's raw. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That did not sound right. <laughs> no, I... Oh, my God. <laughs> I like yeah, I when... I know what you meant. I, I like, know what you meant. hmm I love when the covers... Oh. <laughs> Who's love- your editor? Cut that. <laughs> I can't edit. Whatever. It's okay. Um, what is a musical score that you'd love to work on in some capacity? This is this is a super interesting question. Um, <laughs> I have only ever directed a show before. Um, I directed one show, and I was 19. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um I definitely, I definitely believe that I have the uh, the faculties and the the know how to to definitely um, direct and even musical direct uh, a show now, it would just, um, so I guess there's a part of me that, uh, there's a part of me that wants to be like, just like, let me have it, whatever. Like, like I just want to do it now. Mm-hmm. I, I am actually, I, I do want to try to get um, some uh, music direction chops in. Um, but I think like a show that I was just sitting and, and listening to and kind of like, um, cause I have a, bat- I have batons now uh, from school. Um, and I was just kind of like, um, grooving along to the beat with was Heather's. Oh, I love that show. 
I feel like so I, I, I definitely would love to just to to uh, musical direct Heather's. I feel like would be really fun. I would love to be in that show. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I love that show. Actually, I have like I keep a list of like shows that I want to do and like roles I want to play like on my phone. And Heather Chandler, <laughs> Heather Chandler is one of them. I would love to be in that. Yeah. Show. Okay. Yeah. You definitely. I feel like you could definitely turn up the uh, the stank on that oh, one and absolutely. just really get in there. <laughs> absolutely. I've, I, it's funny, I've always been typecast as, like, first I was always the ingenue, then I became the villain for a long time, like, I was, or, like, the really, like, mean girl, and then I started playing, like, the funny characters, so that's kind of where I am right now. Okay. Because I, I don't know, I guess I'm very expressive or whatever on stage. I mean, and your comedic timing is very good. Thank so you. there you go. As I think for me, I think for me, my journey was like the opposite, uh, came from an opposite direction of like, I started as the funny sidekick yeah. character. Um, and I probably could still do that. Um, but I started out as like the, so- the funny sidekick character. And then I turned into um, villain briefly into um kind of like leading-esque person yeah um i don't know it could go either way i i really don't know what's up for me next um uh, i just have rolls. to i just have to warn you we have like 12 minutes left on the, oh, no. i know we gotta like run rush through these um okay i'm sorry no it's okay i should have told you <laughs> um what has been your favorite or best performance of your music career uh, music career, um, that, like excluding theater. Uh, it could be any, anything, anything vocally. Okay, because um, I've because uh, I've done a couple of works that haven't just been theater. Um, one specifically was that there. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm just trying to like. Wh- okay, there was a master work that we did in. Uh, late 2019 um november of 2019 uh and it was it was known as considering matthew shepherd um and it was a um fusion masterwork so it had um a band with multiple instruments some contemporary not some not so and it was this giant choral work um and different members of the choir were invited to have solos to be uh, a part of it and that piece of work was just it, it, it's because it, it, it's a passion it details the um last hours and the suffering of matthew shepherd and um it detail it uses like the voice of his mother his father himself and the fence that he was tied to Ooh. um in order to express the uh the suffering the heartache um, the recovery and the moving on from the, from the event, um, from his, his murder. And it was so profound and just so moving. And, um, I had a solo in it and the solo was just known as the innocence. And it comes after a bunch of the, uh, a couple of movements, um, one of the movements is called we are all sons and it talks about we are all sons of mothers and daughters or, or mothers and fathers we are all sons um and it just talks about how like we're all you know other human beings and it kind of details like the fact that like the murderers 
who did this crime um, were monsters, not because they were inhuman, but because they were human and they still did this thing and these things. Ooh. And like I've been human too. I've had the power to hurt. I've had the power to be angry. I've had the power to feel. Um, and it kind of tied all that together with this question of like, where has the innocence gone in the world? And that's what I got to sing. Wow. Um, it's so powerful. At the end, there's this big gospel number and um, a, a, like a spiritual number as well. And we all are, we all sang like uh, only all of us, um, which just by the namesake, you could tell like if, if, if we're all getting to heaven, if we're all getting to the big circle in the sky, mm-hmm. it's got to be all of us. That's interesting. That's so deep. And oh, it was so powerful. Like the last night that like there's this at the end of it, we had this there's this one note that just got held and we're all on stage. We're all holding hands and we've all like take we've come off the risers and we all have flooded the front of the stage. Um, And we're all lifting hands up as we're singing the final note of this whole thing. And then as it like just uh, the final note rang in the darkness of the theater and it just hung for a few seconds oh my and we just like it was so good and that you heard the audience like that fade in of the audience start to applaud and all everybody on stage just started like finding people next to them and just were hugging Aww, and that's so like, deep crying. oh it was so <laughs> it was so powerful it was like it, it was like i it was one of those few moments where you just sit back and you just know you just know that there's just something there's just there's a there's an element of the divine that yeah. comes about when you're when you're performing music specifically that it just it it hits and like i knew that that's just like i'm doing what i want to do yeah there's no question about him and that's just so that's probably that was probably one of the best like just musical experiences that i've had was that that's a good one i probably would have said something stupid like i got to perform like in disney (laughs) (laughs) no it's uh, it's, like that's which i did that's fine i did that's yeah i did get to perform in disney which and that's a big thing for you it was yeah it was exciting it was yeah it was it was fun you know, I, I pretty much just did it, though, because I got to go to Disney. <laughs> hey, man, Disney's so fun. Ex- I've only gone there once. So I need to really? go Really? What? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I've been there five times. Well, technically, I guess that's cheating. I've been there technically four times because one of them, I went to Tokyo Disney. So uh, that might be cheating. I think that counts. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It All was right. a Disney. <laughs> so... Two, the next two questions we kind of touched upon already, so um, mm-hmm. um, I'm just gonna ask you um, which of the last two do you want to do you want to do? Which one do you think we should? You um, know, I think I can. I think I can tackle both. You if think that's so? All right. Okay. Well, we have six okay. minutes. We have six minutes, and I gotta wrap it up within the last two. So, okay. Okay. Cool. What's your creative process like? Theater or music or and music? Both. It doesn't matter. Um, so if it would, I feel like in the context of musical theater specifically is um, music is first. Um, and that's just my bias. I'm, I'm a music ed major. I'm not a musical theater major. Um, it, that's just my bias is I think that the music, there's a reason that we put music into theater works. And there's, there's a reason that music um, like just is a part of theater. Um, 
and that's that music serves the story. Yes. Music serves the narrative that's being told. So if you don't understand the music, if you can't sing that music, if you can't perform that music, and I mean perform, not just in getting on stage and being able to read all the notes right, I mean embodying the work, I mm-hmm. mean presenting the message, then you have no business being in musical theater. That's just it. So if you, so music first, uh, for me personally, um, and then I feel like because that informs the acting, the music, uh, the acting, and the interaction will come better out of knowing what the what, like just the music in general. So yeah, music first, and that everything else can just follow through. Um, when it comes to theater, if it's just in theater, um, that would be that's a whole different thing. I think theater it's just starting from macro to micro. What's the point of the play? What's the point of the scene? What's the point of the interaction? What's the point of the line? And just kind of building from a top-down approach. I feel like we did a lot of that for our scene. We did a lot of, like, character development together, Mm -hmm. which we had to. mm. Yeah, honestly, we we discussed, like, like small things about, like, just quirks and, like, marital status and things. Um, Yeah, we did. Um, And, like, why we we were doing karate and all that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. and I think, um, yeah, oh, I also think that it's also good for memorizing. Just, it's a good memorizing tool. Yes, absolutely. Um, um, and then what is next for you? If you? I mean, it's kind of hard with a pandemic right here, but, like, what do you plan it to is. do next? So, it's so funny. I actually just went to Home Depot, and I just bought a whole <laughs> bunch of PVC piping um, because I'm trying to make myself a little pop-up portable uh voice recruiting uh like tent booth thing so i'm going to i'm going to be uh trying to work on through the summer um a voice acting portfolio and a couple of different uh uh, reels and i'm going to try because like live performance i think is safe to say kind of off the table for a little while which is upsetting but that's just the way things are so i can still do things at home though um, so I'm going to try, I, I just joined this one community called, uh, um, LibriVox. Um, it's a library of audiobooks for public domain stuff and they look for volunteers to do audiobooks. Wow. So we're, we're talking about like ni- early 1900s novels and plays and stuff that are being written, but like you can just get on and just start reading through it. And you don't really need a big expensive microphone. They accept you if you just have little room noise and a decent microphone. So I just, I literally just joined the other day and I'm going to start working on that. Do you get paid? And try to form a real. Hmm? Do you get paid for that? Well, no, it's a volunteer service. Oh, but it's still fun. So, but it's still, it's like anybody can join it. That's anybody so can come. Cool. So it's great practice for someone who's doing, uh, who's just starting voiceover work and needs a, and needs um, copy to read. So that's oh, what I'm doing. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I only you. have like two minutes left of this. Um, so that's t- enough time for you to wrap it up. Yeah. So thank you so much, though, for this conversation, enlightening and inspirational convo. Thank you, Bethany. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye.